Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. 15 minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will empty So glad that you've joined us. Edwin, what text are we talking about today? I'm beginning in Acts chapter 5 and verse 33. Going to read all the way to the end of the chapter. I am in the English Standard Version. When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take care what you are about to do with these men. For before these days, Thutis rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and drew away some of the people after him. He too perished, and all who followed him were scattered. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice. And when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. Another phenomenal account, another Another story here that just after I'm done reading it, it's kind of like I don't want to talk for a moment. I want it to just linger in our minds what's happening here. But I do want to call attention to the fact that they were rejoicing, that they were able to suffer in his name. James, the brother of Jesus, is going to write years later that you should count it all joy when you encounter various trials. And that is almost a generic kind of trials, you know, whether it's trials of life, whether it's trials of, of sickness or financial problems, you get fired on the job or whatever. These trials that they're facing right here are not just common everyday problems. They're not just, hey, you live in a world that's full of sin and so bad things happen to people. This is very specifically, they have been targeted because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and because of what they have been preaching and teaching. And now they have been made to suffer, not just arrested, but this time they are beaten. And instead of leaving and complaining and whining and why, oh, why, Lord, have you let this happen to us? They go on their way rejoicing. They go on their way rejoicing. And as you read in verse 42 so well, they continue every day to be in the temple and house to house. They don't stop to teach and preach Jesus is the Christ they don't stop. You know what? If if this resurrection deal was a lie, if this was a hoax, if you know the apostles are all in on, on it, you would think a beating like that might give them a little pause. At some point, they might say, oh, "I didn't know it was going to go there." Yeah. I, you know, as they're as they're conspiring together with one another, as they're conspiring together with one another to make up this story about a resurrected Savior, you would think that after a beating, they'd say, okay, that's enough. Let's let's try something else. Well, yeah, I mean, because if it's a beating, now things are starting to get serious. And they do not stop for a minute to teach about this. You know, as you're reading through it, it occurred to me as well how Luke is setting forth a history 
this is not Jesus the myth. This is not Jesus the the fairy tale. This is all or the rooted. legend. Yeah, the legend. This is this is all rooted in history. You have Gamaliel, all right, this Pharisee leader, making a point to the council and saying, "Hey, we have had men rise up, claim to be Messiah or at least a leader, right, uh, a, a rebel leader perhaps in the past." These guys were not God's Messiah. Look what happened. They come to nothing. They go to nothing. If if the case is the same with this Jesus of Nazareth or you know these apostles, it's going to go away too. It's going to come to nothing also. And it, you know, and it just hits me here is Luke again showing us that uh, that you know, real people, real events, real places. This is all. Factual. You have hit on one of the things that I think is the most significant apologetic evidentiary issues that, that we can find, and that is Jesus. Jesus is a singularly unique individual in all of human history. He is the only person in all of human history that fits in two distinct groups. And he is the only one that is in both of them. Okay. Maybe I should say three. One, he is... Now, there's more than one person who's done this one thing. Okay. He is one of a group of people who claimed to be divine, who claimed to be God in the flesh. There are other people that have claimed that. Mm-hmm. He's not the only one. Mm-hmm. He is one in that group. Mm-hmm. He is also in the group of people who have died. Okay. okay. Now, he's certainly not the only one of the people in that group. No, that's, that, that's a pretty large group. Yeah, that's right. But it's this third group. And that's why I should have said three groups a moment ago. It's this third group that he's also in. He is also in the group of people that have significantly impacted and changed the course of this world and still has a following to this day. Okay. Okay. Now, there are other people who have significantly impacted the world and have a following to this day. I get it. Muhammad significantly impacted the world, and he's got a following to this day. We might even claim in the last couple hundred years, Joseph Smith significantly impacted our country yeah. has a following to this day. Yeah. We might say Siddhartha Gautama, Buddha, mm-hmm. Gandhi. There are people who significantly impacted. But you know something about all those guys? Buddha, Muhammad, Jeho- Joseph Smith, Joseph Smith, <laughs> Joseph Smith, Gandhi. You know what none of those people claimed? None of those people claimed to be Messiah. None of those people claimed to be the chosen one. None of those people claimed to be God. Because when you claim to be God and then you die, you know what people do? They stop believing you're God. They stop believing you're God. (laughs) Jesus claimed to be divine and then he died. But now there's still people that believe he is God, that he rose again. And, and we still have people that follow him. He is the only person in all of history that is in all three of those groups. The only one. That says something to me. In fact, that's the thing that Gamaliel points out. Gamaliel points out is if this is not from God, they'll die. It'll all be over. Right. And all goes away. And yet that didn't happen with Jesus. Jesus died and it didn't all go away. Why didn't it all go away? Because he rose from mm-hmm. the dead. The resurrection changes. And these folks believe it. And it's, it's back to our point about the apostles. That they the reason they keep teaching is because they believe it. It's not a conspiracy. They they weren't in on it. They don't think Jesus' body has been stolen. They didn't steal his body. Here's why we believe he's God because we saw him resurrected. In this room where the apostles are having kind of a 
a quick trial here before the Sanhedrin Council or the rulers. Uh, There's a lot of anger and a lot of hostility in the room towards the apostles. Uh, Verse 33 of our chapter said that. They heard this. They're furious. They were plotting to kill them. Uh, Gamaliel speaks a word of wisdom, and I almost wonder, it almost seems like, Maybe he is listening a little better than everyone else. Maybe he's hearing something that the apostles are saying, at least Peter. Uh, You know, when you go back to Acts 5 and verse 32, Peter's saying, We are his witnesses to these things, and so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. I think it was yesterday's episode we were talking about this idea. How do how did the apostles demonstrate they're God's messengers? This is God's message. The Holy Spirit's with them. They're working these signs, these miracles. It's this demonstration of divine power. Gamaliel, uh, in, in their quiet conference, after they kicked the apostles out, because we, we wouldn't want the apostles to hear some of these things. Yeah, we don't want them knowing what we're really saying. This is a little, a little inside baseball here. Uh, but, but he is speaking... Like, 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 I, I think I've been in meetings like that before. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> he's, he's heard this. I mean, he does say to the guys, he does say to the council, uh, verse 39, he said, if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you even be found to fight against God. Peter's laying out the Holy Spirit is with us. We're with God. That throws down uh, the issue. Gamaliel's reasoning this out. If if if, the, if God really is with them, it goes away. Or excuse me, not with them, it goes away. If he's with them, we we can't win here. But but he's also reserving judgment. He's not switching sides. No, he is not. He's, he's not. Sides. He's not saying, "Oh, you know what? I have seen the Holy Spirit is with them. I'm 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 for them. I'm I'm coming to their side." He's not doing that. It's it's that kind of reserved judgment. I think there are a lot of people today that are in that as well. That they have the idea that you know what. I'm just going to watch. I'm going to reserve judgment on this one. I, I, I'm not going to say God isn't out there, but I'm not going to say he is. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that Jesus wasn't the Messiah and the Savior, but I'm not going to say that he is. I'm just going to kind of watch how this plays out. This actually goes back to something we said yesterday. As we talked about Peter saying we must obey God rather than man. Right. It's almost like Gamaliel has the idea, well, as long as I'm not like actively against you, everything's going to be okay. Mm. No, no. If you're not for us, mm-hmm. if you're not for Jesus, you're against him. Right. And that's, that's, that's the demarcation here. He's, he's reserving judgment. He's not following and repenting and letting Jesus be his savior and his leader. And that's what we need. You know, as I was reading this, too, I thought, okay, well, it sounds like Gamaliel's kind of talked everybody down here. Um, but no, no, they go ahead and beat them, <laughs> which yeah. I know is where we started the program. But, yeah, so, okay, yeah, you're right. We're going to let this play out. Let's beat them and warn them again. Let's shake them down a little bit. I remember you and I were talking about this sometime before, and you brought up something about did they really listen to Gamaliel or did they not? I mean, it says they heeded his advice, and I think the reason for that is because initially they wanted to kill him, verse 33. They wanted to kill yeah, them, and they end up they not killing them. But it's kind of like – Okay, Gamaliel, we'll listen to you, but I mean, you know, not completely. We are going to go ahead and beat them. Yeah. And so there's, there's, we'll, we'll compromise here. We won't kill them. We're going to beat them. Uh, we're not going to join them. We're still going to be against them. We'll see how this plays out. Okay. Try to scare them a little bit, I guess. But what do the apostles do when this is done? They have the boldness. They go right back to work preaching. They go right back to the temple, which is, which is, 
I mean, okay, so even if you say, well, look, we got a ministry. We cannot stop preaching this word. But maybe we're going to start doing our sermons like back out on the Mount of Olives or something, you know. <laughs> we're just, no, <laughs> they go right back yeah. to Solomon's porch right where they're not supposed to be. And they continue this work. And not to get ahead, this is where we're going to be next week. So here, here we'll, we'll, we'll put a little shout out for next week. Chapter 6, verse 1. Now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number. Oh, yeah. This is happening, but it's not stopping the growth of the kingdom. Powerful, powerful stuff. It's been a great week talking about Acts chapter 5. So thankful, Andrew, that you've been able to be here with me and us talk about this again throughout the days of this week. I'm thankful for all of our listeners and just want to say to you, those who have been joining us, increasing number of people listening, we would love to hear from you. Send us an email, text talk at christiansmeethere.org. We'll have stuff about that in the show notes. We'd love to know what you're learning from the book of Acts. Or if you're reading something else, but just listening along with us, we'd love to know what you're learning from there. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know if you have any questions. Maybe we can start addressing some of those as we get together and talk about the text. Again, we're just really super glad that you can be a part of this. Join us again next week. Andrew, would you wrap us up in prayer? Our great God and Father, we thank you, Lord, as we come to the conclusion of another work week. We thank you that we could read your word and look at the example that the apostles have set for us in this fifth chapter of Acts. We are encouraged again at the reality and the historical accuracy of all that is written in the book of Acts and all that is written in your word. Father, we pray that we might exercise a wisdom that we gain from this teaching, from this learning, to understand, Father, that we need to be with you and we need to be for you. We pray, Father, that you might build our faith and that we might be able to encourage faith in other people to confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, to be obedient to your word and to put him on in baptism, to live for you every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day.